Hello, and welcome to The Rough Draft. My name is Artemis. And I'm Colin, and this is published and produced by The York Review. Today, we have a very special guest with us. Hi, I'm Elena. I'm the vice president of the Tabletop Role-Playing Games Club, otherwise known as RPGC. Uh, And we're going to be talking about games today. Yes. uh, Dungeons & Dragons video games, and creative writing, too. Bring it back to literature. Gotta tie it all together. (laughs) Uh And and we will. And we will. Yes. But first, the most awesomest part, tell us a little little bit about D&D. So, D&D is one of those games that you can get into, but it unfortunately requires, like, a group of friends. (laughs) Unfortunately. (laughs) Man, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) A, a nerd game, yes, that requires friends. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, why I've never been able to play. Well, you can play because there's <laughs> a lot of ways that you can play online as well. Things like uh, Roll20.net, for example, lets you get together with a bunch of friends and play online. Um, ideally, you should have at least a handful of the books, and if not the books themselves, like the PDFs of the books... Uh, Wizards of the Coast, the company that makes D&D, has put a lot of their stuff online, so you don't need to worry quite as much about purchasing a $60 hardback copy of anything, mm-hmm. but it's still kind of nice to have, you know? So, so all that aside, so like, how would you describe this to someone who's never heard of D&D or role-playing games before? Right, so, so that's what you need to play, but like, what is this thing that we're talking about? All right. You um, need friends and books, but but how is it? I know it's a loaded question. Books, dice, and pencils. But as far as like what it actually is, is a communal effort to tell a story. Absolutely. So and you I, have a yeah. handful of people who are the characters, and then you have the narrator who is God, and you should never make angry. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I kid mostly. Oral creative writing. Yeah, pretty much oral Impromptu. creative writing. There's a lot of improv involved. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Cool. Now you mentioned the books. What are these books for? Like, what what do you what do you get out of them? Uh, there is the core rule book that you have for the narrator, who in this case is called the dungeon master. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the core rule book for the players, who are the other characters within the story, and they're you know player characters. Um, and they help you create a character that fits the rules of the game because it is a game with its own set of guidelines. It would be not fun for anyone if the game master could just say, all right, an emerald dragon drops in front of you. And that one guy, that that guy in your group says, I beheaded. And the game master is like, what? No, what? Huh? (laughs) And all the other players like, dude, come on. Why would you do this? And he's like, nope, I have beheaded it. That's not fun. Yeah, right. No, no, you need You need, like, the rules to help make things like a process, because that's what it's really about. It's kind of like the grammatical structure when you're writing a story. Mm-hmm. Like, you need it to be there so you don't have a lame, crippled folktale of whatever you're doing. Right. Absolutely. They're like layers and steps to the hero's journey. It's not just the hero wakes up one day, decides he's going to kill a dragon, kills the dragon, comes back home and sleeps. 
it, it's more like the hero wakes up one day, there's these random other people, I guess I'm gonna go along with this, hey, let's get drunk. Oh, you need us to kill some bandits? All right. That's What's that about a dragon? <laughs> oh no! That's almost literally the Hobbit. <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah. the, the Hobbit, ultimate D and D is people's first attempt at a D and D campaign. Absolutely. And Lord of the Rings is when the game master gets a little bit more ambitious and like, okay, guys, time to get edgy. Time to save the world. <laughs> cool. So what what makes a good... Uh, you've DM'd before, I assume you've I have, been Dungeon Master. I have DM'd quite a lot. It's one of the things that's required for RPGC e-board members that you're running a campaign. Cool. So what, is, what makes a good campaign for you? What makes a good story? First off, and perhaps most importantly, is your opening hook. If you cannot get players interested in your world that you've built around you're not going to get anyone who wants to actually play your game and work out your story. So, for example, um, just pretend that you guys are in an adventuring group. Like, you don't know each other, meet at a bar. The bar is a pretty simple place to meet. It's kind of a lame start. But what if a bar fight breaks out, and you guys wind up either on the same side or fighting each other, and that's how you introduce yourselves? That might be more interesting. I mean, that's say, how me and Colin met. Yeah. <laughs> say at the same time, this random naked lady just bursts into the bar going, oh my god, someone help me. How much more interesting is that than just like, oh, adventurer, I need some help with this. I'll pay you for it. That's actually literally how we met. And that's yeah. how we became friends. Like, <laughs> that naked lady brought us to like a whole set of the hey, dragon. That's my wife you're talking about. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, you can marry NPCs. That's a absolutely, thing. absolutely. You yeah. can also become a shopkeeper. That's also a thing. <laughs> That's so. Funny. So, um, so we're we're talking about role playing games, and I want to relate this to uh, video games. So, um, you know, we do have a lot of video games that that are role playing video games, not necessarily in the sense of like Dungeons and Dragons, which I feel like is more of a like. Choose your own adventure. It's that like, you also sorry. Go it's like you have the entire ability to make the right. story from the ground that you also future. create on yeah. your own, as opposed to a video game where the story is kind of created for you, but you still kind of control like some of what happens. So, like Skyrim is a, a, a really cool example where you can pick your character and pick your stats, and then you can choose like what missions you go on, which will also affect like how your character. Uh, develops throughout the game, and, and then what other missions you can go on, what other things you can do, which is very similar to 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 D and D in itself. It's also a great example because in Skyrim, you only have fun when you don't do the main quest line. Yes, <laughs> trying to get your players to go on the main quest line is like trying to herd cats. <laughs> it's not going to happen. You have to be ready to improv at a moment's notice. Another video game example. It's kind of a bit further away from base D&D, &D, mm -hmm. but also might appeal more to the general audience, uh, would be something like Prey. Mm. Um, that's an, an RPG as well, because you're playing a character, and there is a morality structure. Mm. Bioshock is yes. also an RPG. Yeah. Um, all of the Dragon Age, but that's closer to Skyrim. 
Um, Call of Duty could also arguably be an RPG. That's true. I, I, I can't think of the name for this game, but it was a really huge game. It took place in space. Um, Mass Effect? That's it. Mass and Mass Effect also has that morality kind of... Paragon or Renegade, which will it be? Um, Either way, you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I mean, even earlier games like um, Fable. Fable's actually one of my favorite games, especially the original one, because it was so much about, like, that that choose-your-own-adventure sort of situation where you could be good or evil, and then depending on, like, how good or how evil you were would determine how people interacted with you throughout the game. Uh, the certain missions that you would go on, so, like, if you were evil, obviously you might, like, kill everyone in the church, or if you were good, you might, like, raise money for the church, and that would, like, kind of change how your story happened. Um... I always went the landlord route because that got you the most money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's just hike up taxes. Yeah. I'm super into that sort of create-your-own-path type of way. I can't even play games anymore unless it's, like, an RPG open-world type deal. Or else, I don't know, it's hard for me to follow. I don't know, I just, for me, it's a lot about, um, like, Artemis, we talked about escapism before. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot about that, and I like kind of being able to bring a little bit of myself to that world and so navigate it as I want. Are you more like a fully hands-off sandbox kind of thing like Minecraft and Skyrim, or are you more, there's a story, but I have choice within the story, like Dishonored? More more kind of like Skyrim, story. honestly. I like kind of, like, dude, um, I've played Skyrim. Uh, I've I played Skyrim. over 200 hours logged, we all yeah. know this. <laughs> yeah, I, I've had Skyrim playthroughs before that are not even, I don't even touch the main plot. I don't even touch, like, hardly any plot. I'll be like, okay, I'm like a bounty guy. I'll just run around and get bounties. That's, like, my thing, right? So, I don't Go know. Go through Helgen Keep, and then we're done. We don't yeah. do anything else. We don't even talk to the person at Rivenwood. We just go on. Yeah. Rivenwood is Lord of the Rings. What am I talking about? <laughs> it's Rivendale, right? No, uh, no. River Riverwood. Riverwood. That's what's messing me up. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm in a You're fantasy fine. literature class, and Tolkien is just taken over my mind. Oh, mm-hmm. is it with Voss? Mm-hmm. I love Voss. I took fantasy literature with her, too. She's awesome. Yeah. She's a great teacher because she, she gets you thinking about how the story is written and then what you can later do with your right. own stories. So, so very nice. You guys should totally take classes with Voss if you're a YCP student. You should. And um, she, so she teaches, um, uh, what was the last word? Fantasy literature. There's also a horror literature class um, that's taught by Siegel, I think it's his I name. I think it's Siegel. Um, I think that's going off next semester. Either that or it's horror in movies, which is happening now. Either oh, way, I'm like... like Have you guys yeah. taken the horror literature class here? I did take the horror literature class, and I loved it. So he splits it up between like the big classic horrors, uh, horror uh, icons, so like the... Doppelganger slash Frankenstein kind of uh, golem icon, and then you have like the the Dracula vampire icon, and then you have like um, uh, what's the next one I'm thinking of? Did you guys get into Kafka at all? Is that not hard? Kafka's mm. more like existential yeah. crisis wrapped yeah. up in the blanket of existential horror. Yeah, I didn't know um, if it would be in there or not. I think mm. if you're going for existential horror, though, you're more likely to find a home with Lovecraft. Yeah. Mm. Lovecraft is like the definer of the past genre series. Also, side note, it's not an RPG if there isn't at least a little bit of Cthulhu in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have at least, like, eight tentacles. Right? Like, like, okay. not, not necessarily tentacles, but the concepts of 
oh, human life is meaningless. True. Mm. Outlast is another example of that because all of the creepy stuff that happened in Outlast. Yeah, it was a great game. Oh boy. Also, Alien Isolation, the AI on that xenomorph is crazy. Scary. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) so bringing this all into literature, um, because I I really want to talk about the creative writing aspect of this. Because a lot of people, you know, play video games, they watch movies, they do D&D, but they don't really think about, like, somebody has that job where they sit down somewhere and they just write out these stories for these video games. Or they sit in a group and they're like, you know, it would be really interesting if that guy got shot in the knee and then never shot the help about it. <laughs> I have actually like a little bit of cultural like, knowledge to drop on you guys. All right. Skyrim reference the there. An arrow to the knee uh, is a euphemism, in a way, for getting married. Oh. Because you, you have to take a knee. knee. Ah. So the reason why you keep finding these guys going, I used to be an adventurer like you, and then I took an arrow to the knee, is him lightly poking fun of the fact that he's married and definitely having a better time than you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, Roaming around the countryside, not sleeping for several days, being attacked by every wild animal in the woods. Oh, and dragons. Let's not forget that. Yeah. That doesn't sound quite as fun as just, you know... Being at home, guarding a town, making sure hooligans don't hooligan, and then, you know, <laughs> amazing wife. I'd pick that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so somebody has this job where they sit down and they just come up with all these awesome creative things. I mean, obviously they have a lot to take from, so like, um, what the hell am I thinking of? Uh, so like, you have this huge fantasy genre where you've got like Tolkien, and you've got like, I mean, well, actually, that's also something that I want to bring up. So, D&D, Dungeons and Dragons. A lot of people look at it that way and they think, you know, Arthurian, knights, dragons, dungeons. But, like, you can do D&D in any setting. Oh, I'm actually running a campaign that's like, hey, guys, you're in the 1920s. Yeah. You got guns and bazookas and cars and trains. And, oh, by the way, That's you so know, awesome. Benny the Skeleton from Halloween Town, he's there. He's the train driver. He has, like, his old, like, best suit mm-hmm. and a, a mannequin just mounted on the wall of his train. Uh, you can do all sorts of crazy things. It doesn't have to be a medieval setting, like, at all. Right. Um, and that's one of the most fun parts is just going, hey, let's take this trope and just shatter it into a thousand pieces and see what happens. Nice. That sounds cool. I want to do one with, like, the real housewives. Everyone picks a housewife. Oh, oh right. Uh, right. Speaking of housewives, and maybe not quite on that same tangent, <laughs> um, coming up on the 27th of this month, I'm going to be running a one-shot campaign. That's basically Clue. It's Clue plus Call of Cthulhu, because, of course, uh, plus Town of Salem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually have the map right here. If you guys want to look at that, uh, we can probably put a picture up somewhere. It's a yeah, pr- it's a pretty awesome map. We yeah, we've been sitting up. here with her while she's been working on it. And not only is this map like outrageous, like it's awesome, but she's actually come up with like a three D design in a program that she yeah. worked on. It's it's literally the first link that I found when I looked up house plan builder uh-huh. free. Um, I think it's called housestyler.net, and you have the ability to create the actual floor plan and set up all of the walls that you want. You don't need to build from a template at all if you don't want to. 
Um, and then you can go in and fill the house with different things. And this is kind of like a Victorian England-style mansion that the party is going to be trapped in, because you guys were all hired by the, the person who, you know, owns the house, which is weird, because no one's seen him for 30 years. He's been a Boo Radley the entire time. Oh, and then suddenly he's dead, and you're all monsters! <laughs> you don't e you don't even have to play a human character. In fact, there's one person who's already said, "Hey, I want to be a skeleton." Oh, that's cool. I think cool. You're in it, aren't you? Yeah, I, I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna be playing. I'm very excited to get into this mansion on this map here, and um, hopefully play the murderer since it's gonna be randomly selected. But yeah, I'm gonna be a, an animated suit of armor. That's gonna be like my monster. Um, I just hope I don't fall downstairs because I'm going to be like... <laughs> clank, 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 and bring your own soda. <laughs> I mean, you had me at cake. So, <laughs> and bring your own soda. Um, but no, actually, you had me at this awesome drawing. Like, I keep staring at it. I'm just like, I just want to steal it. But I know right. she needs it. But I still want to steal it. We'll take a picture of it and steal that. I will. For the I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to wait for her to finish, like, all the floors and everything. And then I'm going to have her give me a copy. Because it's just, it's so well drawn. It's so cool. So detailed. Like, it, it's, like, like, really detailed. Like, you would think she's it was a very house. good artist. I straight up drew a grand piano which is next to a window and decided hey i need to make the fact this is a window more obvious so i drew the sun shadow yeah. on the piano it's crazy like you can literally see like where the wooden panes like go through and make like the cross shapes in the window so like, like each glass pane is in its own position these are hedges by the way there's just like two little lightly shaded hedges outside the windows. <laughs> There's like, and, like trees in the walkway. Like it's it's really cool. So we'll definitely post a picture. Yeah. But yeah, so back to the creative writing part. So not only is Elena like a really awesome D and D player and a video game player, and I'm pretty sure she likes movies too, but she is a fantastic comic book drawer and comic book creator because I was in a comic book class with her. But she's also an awesome creative writing uh, writer. It was actually published, like, a, an early version, half of a first draft of a novel that I'm trying to finish. It's more like a novelette. Uh, I'm almost done. I am literally at the ending. I just have to get the person who's supposed to show up to show up and then the main character to run off into the woods after being turned into the monster. But, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so it's supposed to be out this month. Yes. Yeah, so fingers crossed. Knock on wood. <laughs> so when it is out, we will definitely tell you guys and let you know where you can uh, look it up. But in the meantime, uh, what can you tell us a little bit about your like creative writing process? Like, how do you start any work? You know, novel, poem, D and D campaign. D &D Literally yeah, like, anything has to start with my concept. Mm -hmm. uh, so most of the, the the work that I do starts with the broader world. Um, like backtracking kind of away from D and D into something that I'm I'm thinking of writing on the side. I was interested in the supernatural horror genre, but I also wanted to write a romance because I'm trashy like that. <laughs> um, so I decided that magic and technology have been going back and forth in cycles for different times. That's why we have these inexplicable 
archaic structures like the pyramids and Stonehenge and Machu Picchu, all these places we have no real good solid leads on where they came from, Mm -hmm. but they're there. Um, And things like the stories about Atlantis being as advanced as it was, well, what if it was magic? Right. Uh, So the idea is you have magic and the supernatural coming back into our world as we know it by infecting first and then changing humans into magical creatures. And I think this is also a concept for a game that uses a dice pool system. I think its name is Shadowrun, but that's very grimdark and edgelord, and I'm not going for that. Literally, this is one girl who decided to look up during a spring snowstorm, caught a snowflake in her eye, and got very sick, and now she's a werewolf. But, like, old-school werewolf, where instead of you being a mindless monster, you're a powerful spirit of nature. Kind of like the protector wolf that you see in uh, Irish folklore. So, the the wolf mother, who is personified by Moon and the, the snow, flurry, uh, snow flurries, uh, basically had a kind of zodiac race with all of the other magic deities, uh, and wound up getting in first place, and earned the right to be the vanguard of the new world. So you have the mass hysteria of a couple of adults who've been turned into werewolves and can't control the rage and the instincts, and they go ballistic and attack people. Um, The big inciting incident after the setup in this story is a main girl turns on the TV and she's unpacking her apartment because she's going to be a nurse student uh, and she hears a report about a man the police had to shoot six times before he even went down. And they got called because he had broken into the house of his upstore, up, up, upstairs flat neighbor. And there were just chunks of a body everywhere. And the little girl was missing. So they put him down. It didn't kill him. They shot him six times and he's not dead. Mm-hmm. And then he escaped from the hospital, and they don't know where he is, where the little girl is, and everyone's freaking out. But then this this main girl, she's also a werewolf. She picks up on the fact that that's really weird, and when she does run into him, her instincts kick in, and she knows exactly what to do, and she fights the guy. And it's a bloody mess, but hey... Oh no, I'm a werewolf. And then the story goes on from there where she meets the guy that she has a crush on who, surprise, surprise, also happens to be a werewolf. Oh, of course. Of course. So, okay. And then so, vampires will eventually be a thing in all the other supernatural creatures. Probably oh. in the third book. Alright, that sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I really like the, the initial, well, I love the whole thing, um, but the initial concept really captured me. You know what I mean? And, and, I, and I really like that it all stems from that. Yeah, like I, I built first on the concept then on how it would work, then on how I wanted to integrate it into the world, and then I built a character I could work with in the genre that I wanted to. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, boy. Yeah, and that's that's, that's so awesome that you have a very well-defined process. Yeah. I, I think that's something that a lot of people who attempt creative writing these days don't do. They kind of think it just happens. Yeah, they just yeah. kind of go into it and like, I'm just going to write a story today. Yeah, like, like, it, it's and then, like, halfway through, they're just kind of like... I don't know what to write anymore. And then they get that writer's block and then it's like, well. I I heard of creative, uh, 
processes like that being described as um, creative hibernation when you get those writing blocks, because a block is so much worse sounding, but you do go through periods where you're high energy and low energy. And unfortunately, I've been stuck on a low energy curve with thing that I'm trying to finish so I can publish it. Um, And I'm starting to get back to that high energy, but unfortunately... College, right? right. So right. most of my way. time is taken up by that. So, oddly enough, when I'm going to start writing something creative, I, uh, I, 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 maybe this is old school. Maybe I'm just really old. I'm not that old. But um, so like I decide that I'm going to do like a character web because I particularly I like the interactions between characters. But I think that some stories have like characters. Like they put a lot of characters in it to make it seem fuller, but they have so many characters that just mean nothing. Like they just kind of show up here, show up there. That like it's saturated with characters that don't have like a reason. Like the Game of Thrones series is the first thing that pops to mind. There's so many yeah. characters, yeah. and most of them are just there, so you care about them, and then they die. Right. So like for me, I like to do like the character web because I like to figure out like okay, well if this is the main character, how does he interact with these? ancillary characters around him and then like how do they interact with other people while interacting with him and then that sort of helps me to come up with like a background uh for them so like it depending on how they interact with each other are they in school are they you know an older group of people like do they know each other from work do is this like a magical land where like maybe you know somebody's coming from one town over so it's more difficult for them to communicate or something like that um and then from there i kind of backtrack out so like i have the characters and now i have the setting and i now i go through like the, the reasoning behind it like okay so these characters are interacting with each other in a bar in a town because the world's ending you know like something like that that would be like a very interesting setting for a short story that you don't tell everyone what's happening but you start the two characters in the bar they're having a conversation they're trying to talk like it's just another day, and eventually you start adding like little bits and yeah. pieces about maybe there's a storm outside, uh, and they both take a, a swig of their drinks and go, uh, do you have anything to do? No, well, my plans kind of got stopped when the nukes fell. And then that's the end of the story, and it's like, oh, no. Right. <laughs> yeah, I get that. For, for me, creative writing, a lot of times, all I get is one scene. And it's usually, like, like the climax. I get one scene in my head, and I'm like, wow, that's, that's really interesting to me. And then when I try and flesh that out, a lot of times it means something to me, the climax, because, like, in my head it happened, right? But when I read it, like, the next day, I'm like, oh, man, this is, like, I don't care about I don't even care about this anymore, you know what I mean? So Dude, a lot of times insane. for me, yeah, my <laughs> writing is very, like, short a lot of times, like, very short, like, three pages. I just get out this thing and then just kind of let it sit there. I'm not really interested in big novels because I don't have the creative investment. I I, I can't invest that much in one thing. I just, I lose interest. My brain runs off with this other thing. Yeah. I feel like because I'm a movie person, like, so I'll come up with a concept in my head. I'll see the way that I want it to go. And it's beautiful to me. Like, just amazing. Sometimes I'm going to cry. I'm just, like, so, like, this is so great. And, like, it's going to be the perfect thing to write. 
And then it's so great in my mind, and then I start writing it, and it's such crap. <laughs> and it's like, why would anybody want to read this? Yeah. And then like, I try to match it to my mind, but like... I do that as well. The, the thing that I envision is so detailed and so excellent that like my hands just can't put it to words. I have a lot of that same problem when I'm doing actual artistic drawing Mm -hmm. because I have exactly what I want this character to look like in my head and I can describe it perfectly. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to actually drawing the damn thing, it's not going to happen. I will, I'm not proficient enough to put the amount of detail and emotion and power behind the image that I want. And it's, it's, I think about changing modes of creative work because the creative mind tends to work always the same way. But if you've done a lot more writing than you've done drawing or mm-hmm. watching movies or even doing like comics or screenplays, it's going to be a different kind of writing or creative process than something else. Um, generally though, you have, you might start with that scene and some advice for you, Colin, specifically when you get that scene, if you want to make the story longer and bigger and beyond just the climax, iterate. Iterate until your eyes bleed. (laughs) Do all of the detail work you possibly can, and then keep 90% of it to yourself. Because that's that's what really hooks your readers. Um, An example of this is, is J.K. Rowling. We all want her to stop at this point. Like, she she needs to stop. Her world captured us originally because there was so much about it that we didn't know and we could theorize and we could talk. And that's a major problem of any writer when they're trying to put that level of detail and clue in there is don't make it about your lore. Make it about your characters and just keep most of it behind a curtain mm. because that will hold your audience's attention so much better than telling them what's going on. It's also the rule in movies, show, don't tell. Right. There are times where you can tell, like if two characters are talking and the way they're speaking to each other is way too familiar and then you end the scene with them like flirting a little bit and the girl maybe in this relationship or whoever other the other characters like I don't feel like I love you anymore that way you've just kind of ham-fistedly told the audience that they were in a relationship but aren't anymore without saying hey brother when someone shows up like those are two very different right, yeah, things absolutely. and it kind of balances the show don't tell in the first example as opposed to the second and I, th- I think we also see that with, uh, like, really big works. Like, if you look at um, uh, Lord of the Rings. So, like... There is so much telling going on in Lord of the Rings, but it somehow works. Right. I mean, you have all of this lore, and it's spread over these uh, six books. Right? I think, like, you know, like, it's, it's five, because you have the three core yeah. Lord of the Rings books, the Hobbit, and then the Samarillion, which is just lore. Right. So, I mean, you, you, I mean, you have, like, all of this... I mean, if it were just, like, the story of Frodo taking the ring and his friends and that journey, it would be great because, you know, you're not finding out, like, all this backstory about, like, um, Sauron or whatever his name is. Sauron. Sauron. 
or even like the Dark Wizard compared to Saruman. Like, Saruman, there you go. They have way too similar names yeah. to that not yeah. to have been obvious. I, I, <laughs> or even like Bilbo Baggins and all the stuff that he did in The Hobbit. Um, there's also some weird stuff like I kind of wish that there was more about like, um, and I think this is what you know really draws me to it because you get a little bit of information about like smog, and I really want more information about smog. But they don't give it to you. And so that makes me like it even more. Because now I can imagine, like, what was Smog doing before he was just, like, yeah. guarding all this treasure? Like, I mean, you know a little bit about what he was doing. He destroyed that town. But, like, before he destroyed that town, what was it? Did he used to be human? Like, in that other uh, legend, the the Norse legend about the guy who became a dragon? Oh, it wasn't uh, a guy. It was the Dwarven King got yeah. so jealous that he turned into a dragon. I think his name was Nidhogg? If I remember that right, I know a lot of obscure stuff. It's, it's, I can't tell. <laughs> uh, was it Nif, Nifria or something like that? It's something weird because somebody goes to him, like somebody gets a hero to go to him, cut out his heart, but he says, don't, don't do anything to the heart, just cook it and give it to me. Because when you eat a dragon's heart, you get their strength. So he gets the heart, cooks the heart, but then as it's cooking, a piece of blood splatters from the heart onto his hand and he like puts it in his mouth to like stop it from burning him. And he gets the dragon strength. I haven't heard that version of the story, but I have heard something similar. Um, which I think it might have been Leif Erikson or someone very important in Irish history. And it was, it was the fish of all knowledge from the roots of the world tree. And you fished that guy up uh, and you cooked him. And the person who had been like holding the rod for like years left the young hero to watch the fish while it, it cooked, he's like, I'm going to finally go stretch my legs. I'll be right back. Don't eat my fish. <laughs> and some of the oil from the fish got onto his hand. He stuck his thumb in his mouth, which is where it was, and then suddenly he knew everything in the universe so long as he was sucking his thumb. And the guy came back and was like, you know what? Fine, just eat the whole fish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'd love to do a podcast on uh, mythology, just something very specific to mythology. There's a lot of stories that. that keep getting that. told over and yeah. over again, like, mm-hmm the concept of a princess or some kind of fair maiden falling in love with a monster or a transfigured person of some kind, like Beauty and the Beast, Princess and the Frog, those are the two big ones off the top of my head. Then you have all of the stories from Ireland and Scotland and England about a fey folk person coming up is like, hey, I want your girl as my wife. And the farmer's like, (laughs) (laughs) what? Um, I mean, no. <laughs> but yeah, so, um, oh, we, we really covered a lot in this. We really did. We, we were making moves. I know. I don't even feel like I'm going to edit any of this, because I think we were like... It went pretty good. I know. I think we should have Elena one more often. She's thank like, you, thank you. Oh, we definitely could. We yeah. Definitely could. I, I can talk for this stuff for hours, honestly. It's it's my my nerd castle. That's a lot of content. Yeah. You got a deal. <laughs> <laughs> we offer you no salary or benefits. <laughs> well, we'll make you famous like we promised in our first I, I should have uh, started podcast. singing oh, yeah, uh, Are You Ready from the Princess and the Frog Disney movie for them. Because, like, come on. Why don't you shake a poor sinner's hand? I had a whole arm crossed and everything going on. It was, it was great. Oh, I'm so mad at myself. So, yeah. <sighs> so, this... This has actually been like a really wonderful podcast. Amazing, honestly. And, yeah, and I'm so happy that you came on. You shared with us. I really hope that a lot more people will listen to this mm-hmm. and get into D and D. I mean, you know, get into D and D, video games, check out some movies, whatever. Um, even the literature stuff that we talked about, like Lord of the Rings and 
Harry Potter, I mean... Expand your creative palette. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, push boundaries of the genres that you're comfortable in and try to get into the ones that you're not because that shows you the tropes that you're using too much and what you should try pulling in other stuff. That's, like, advice for people who are habitual writers like myself. Yeah. So, uh, let's just recap a little bit here. So, D&D, awesome. Uh, interesting game to play. Something that you need friends for, so you can't be a loner. Um, unless you do it online. Uh, but then you still gotta do it with other people, just yeah. over the internet. Um, and you can do it on the internet, which I think is fascinating, because it's taken this journey from being a tabletop game where you like literally need to be around people to the new digital age where, you know, you could play a and d game with somebody in Australia or Asia or right next door to you because you're lazy and don't feel like going next door. Um, <laughs> but so, yeah, so we've got the D&D aspect and then we talked about video games and role playing games, especially um, and morality choices within those, which uh, are really great. So uh, if you're actually looking for some great uh different role-playing games to play, like we mentioned. Uh, obviously, Skyrim is a very big one. Um, Dragon Age is also a very big one. And Fable and some of the other Fable games that came out after it, those are a little older. Uh, the, the Bioshock games, all three of them, were all excellent. Um, Outlast, it? if you feel like you want to run around a house getting chased by insane people who aren't really a great representation of insane people, but are still, you know, the trope of dangerous... Right. Uh, and also, um... What was that? The, I couldn't think of the Dishonored. Name. Dishonored the, is what the other Well, songs. yeah, Dishonored 1 and 2 are really good, but that's not what I was thinking of. The, the space one. Oh, Prey. That, that was, was pretty cool. Like, <laughs> mimics are a thing, and mimics are scary, and I loved that game. Well, Prey and Alien... Uh, Isolation. Isolation, but that's still not the one... They're in space. Mass Effect. Mass Effect. That's it. Mass Effect. Mass Effect and the other Mass Effect games were also really good. It's, it's kind of telling when you have so many different types of RPGs that all basically have the same setting. Yeah. And I mean, it's really cool that when you think about it. Like, you know, you have all of these, like, space opera type ones, and you have, like, these online ones. Oh, Last of Us is a great one. Last of Us is also a great one. I really love what they did with zombies, because the Cordyceps fungus is a thing, and it turns bugs into zombies. And oh boy, is it scary. Yeah. And, um, uh, oh, God of War, also a really good one. Dad of War! Dad, Dad of War! <laughs> Come here, boy. <laughs> Best installation in the entire series, both graphically and I would argue with, like, the amount of stuff you oh, can yeah. do with yeah. it. Excellent. And your kid is competent. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, those are a bunch of games that you should play or check out if you haven't already played them or whatever. Um, and then of course, you know, movies are movies, so keep watching them. Um, and then as far as creative writing goes, so, you know, you've got our different styles of writing. Actually, I just want to put this in here, uh, about writer's block. So I spoke with a writer who I really love. She wrote this series called the Rogue Maid series. Um, her name is Faith Hunter. That's sort of her pseudonym, pen name kind of thing. Her real name is actually like Gwendolyn Hunter. Um, and she was really awesome before she got super popular uh, she was on like a YouTube group and I was on that YouTube, not YouTube, uh, Yahoo group. I was in that Yahoo group and I would like talk to her and we exchanged emails and I still talk to her through email every now and then. And, um, I asked her for some advice on creative writing. Like how, like how do you go about your process? And she says that her process starts every day with the butt in chair method. She says that every single day she writes and every day butt in chair means literally 
put your butt in the chair. You can dedicate so many or so much time to writing, uh, whether it's 30 minutes or four hours. She says that um, what she does is she tries to do so many pages per day. And she does it every single day. And at the end of the week, she has her, like, off day or, like, her um, reward for putting forward all the work. But in order to do that, she has to put her butt in the chair and sit there and write. And she doesn't go back and edit. She doesn't – I mean, she just pumps it out. Like, write, 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 write. If you see the red squiggly lines on the screen, just ignore them. Write it up as much as you can until you get to the end and then edit it. Because if you stop and you start to edit it, you're going to, like, psych yourself out. And you're going to, like, try to change things and delete stuff and move stuff. And you're not going to get the story out. Absolutely. I I also kind of follow that sort of method. But I do have to go back and uh, look at some of the red squigglies because I have really bad dyslexia. And if I don't do that, I will not be able to tell what the fuck I was trying to say. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, put your butt in that chair. You write for as long as you can, mm-hmm. um, and then you leave it alone. Uh, Travis Karowski, Dr. Travis Karowski, is one of, the, one of the people that works at your college, and I've had him as a creative writing professor before, and he introduced me to this concept called write drunk, edit sober. Yes. Yes. Uh, where you write, and you write, and you write, and then you leave it alone for a while, and then you come back and go, what was I thinking? Was I drunk? Oh my god, what is this thing? Let me improve all the stuff. Right, and we had uh, Krasky on, he was actually our first guest, so uh, if you if you haven't heard his uh, podcast, check it out, it was our first uh, episode of the season. He, he's always full of creative wisdom. Yeah, he is. He's always full of something. Oh! <laughs> 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 it's funny, because he's going to read this, and he's going to fail me, so... Oh, no! <laughs> That's okay, I didn't need this class anyway. Artemis, so. what are you doing? <laughs> Dr. Karowski. Anyway. Travis, no! <laughs> I, I didn't need this class anyway. No, but um, he's actually a really great professor, and... He is so chill, mm-hmm. I can call him Travis to his face, it's fine. Yeah, and we also had him for... Uh, uh, comic, comic creating, which was an excellent yeah. class, very cool. Um, and then I currently have him for poetry, so. Oh, I was gonna make an entire comic book series, and I just, I just did not have time. Summer. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, I'm with you there. Like I wanted to, but then I got stuck on this other things, creative writing project that I'm still working on. It's like flash fiction meets short fiction. It's about a wanted ad, or not a a for sale ad for a house, and it's crazy. Anyway. Um, we'll, we'll talk about it in another episode, hopefully with Lena here, because she's awesome. Um, but anyway, so, now that we've, well, we've talked for quite some time. So that's our synopsis. Yeah, right? so we're going to, uh, to end it here, and hopefully you enjoyed this episode. I know it was a little long, but it was definitely worth it, and, uh, you know, when the content's great, you just gotta go with it. That's right. That's At right. least we didn't break 45 minutes. Yeah. It's not over yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so this has been Artemis. And Colin. And Elena. And this is our rough draft. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next week with our peer reviews. Uh, I will be producing um, a peer review podcast next week going through what it takes to create um, a D&D session, and we'll go through a, a real brief, about 10-minute long session with Artemis and Maggie. Yep, and Maggie will be premiering her first peer review, so that'll be awesome to hear. 
And my peer review will be about video games and film next week. So... Oh, one last quick plug before we run out of time. If you are interested in the RPGC and want to, you know, hang out with us a bit more, maybe go to Game Night. We do play games every single Friday. Uh, our meeting time starts at 4 p.m. Friday nights. Uh, currently, we're trying to get back into the William Walker room. We should have that by the end of break. Um, and then we usually have our actual game night in Bouchelle. That's the little room off of the main campus dining hall. Uh, and if failing that, we are usually out by what is eventually going to be a Starbucks, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and that's in Create, awesome. and that's uh, here in the... In the Humanities Building. In the yes. Humanities Building. Right. I'll be there. Um, did you want to give them your email address? So they can oh, right. You? If you want to talk to me specifically, uh, I don't know why you would, but hey, you know, <laughs> might as well. I am E-Rap, that is the genre of music, just stick an extra P on the end, number one at ycp.edu. And as always, if you want to come on the show and be a guest, if you want to submit something for us to read on the show, if you want to tell us how we're doing or how horrible we're doing or what you'd like to hear in the future, uh, you can let us know. Our email address is theroughdraftycp at gmail.com. And that's T-H-E-R-O-U-G-H-D-R-A-F-T-Y-C-P at Y-C... Nope, at gmail.com. I knew I was going to screw that up. I knew it. That was pretty So close. Um, And now we've hit the five-minute mark, so we obviously lied. Uh, Oh, no. Oh, jeez. Well, we still did it. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do it. That's a lot more work. Completely uncut nonsense here, everyone. Fresh, fresh quality nonsense. Let's go. I I blame Elena. It's all her. Oh, no. I am rather long-winded, aren't I? Yes. (laughs) All right. So uh, that was the end. Uh, Submit to us. Don't forget to submit to the rough draft also. Uh, We have a deadline coming up, I think, October the 23rd. Yeah, that's our deadline. What exactly are the rough draft submissions? Because I don't actually know this. So to submit to the rough draft, we are looking for um, fiction, nonfiction, creative writing, poetry, uh, artwork, music, Really, anything. I've heard we'll take anything, and if it's good, we'll put it on. Like, if there's one good play, we'll put it on there. Now we have a play section. Yeah, you know so I mean? uh, plays, uh, screen plays, things like that. Although we might not be able to put the entirety of it on there. We might be able to put, like, one chapter or a portion of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, we, we publish a book. So if you're thinking, well, I made a sculpture or I've done music, how is that going to work in a book? Take a picture <laughs> if it's something like a sculpture or a painting or something, we can scan it or take a picture and, and put it in that way. If it's something uh, like music or something longer that won't all fit in the book, like a larger uh, short story or a screenplay or something like that, we do have a website where we can post things. Uh, if it's music, we can also post it here on the podcast so people can actually hear it, um, which would be great if we could have some magicians come on and play some music and talk about their their uh creative style or what have you so uh yeah but definitely don't forget to submit to the york review and submit to us if you like our content or what have you and i guess that has been the rough draft absolutely also Uh, cheers to elena for being our first guest to drop the f-bomb yes oh (laughs) shit really (laughs) i'm sorry i swear like a sailor all the time it's not something i can really do anything about. i think it's okay it's the D &D in her (laughs) it is the D D in me 
I'm, I'm not going to touch that one. So, <laughs> Dude! Mind out of the gutter! Wait a second, right, I never said why I wasn't going to touch it, just that I wasn't going to touch this it. So, maybe your mind's in the gutter. We should cut this off and then edit this last part out. Oh no, that's what makes it the best. We can't yeah. edit it out. Plus, we're like really horrible at ending, so we're always like, what? Yeah, this Something is weird. Typical. Like, and then just the music kind of fades us out. Bye! Like, <laughs> so that works. See, see you uh, later, people. What don't if I just, record us. Yeah, please don't record us. We'll <laughs> report you. What if I just let it go and just like the next 20 minutes was just silence and people just listen to it in their cars? <laughs> like, that that would be super awkward and kind of cringe and I would hate yeah. you if I was listening to it. Yeah. I, I think as part of Travis's job, he would have to listen to the whole 20 minutes of yes. silence though. So it might be and then like right at the end, we just say something like really profound. The <laughs> <laughs> whole 20 minutes of silence and then there's just me going, <laughs> like the hang up ringtone for a Bluetooth call. <laughs> All right. Okay. So we're going to sign off now and we will see you next week for the peer reviews. Yes. And also, we have something in the works, something really cool for Halloween. Ooh, so just yeah. uh, keep listening and we will. <laughs> That wasn't the thing. <laughs> it was trying to print the laugh effect, and I'm not sure it turned out right. But Cheesy sound effects in the background. But yeah. Um, so we have something really cool coming in October. I mean, it's October, so we have something cool coming up for Halloween that we think you guys will enjoy. Um, so you have to keep listening to find out. Uh, anyway, so that's it for us. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Go, Bye. go eat. Do something. Uh, Make tip sure your waitress. Take your meds if you need meds and drink some water. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. Wow. Good advice. Tip your waitress or eat your waiter. Yeah. Or you know, if but you're not in a country that tips people, beats. don't don't what? don't tip people. Awesome. All right, Dwight Schrute, get out of here. All right, get, get bye. Bye. bye.